Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Man, I have been absolutely waiting for this episode to dive headfirst, both hands in front of our faces, jumping in the deep end of the pool because we are previewing the Monday night football opener between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. We are hours away from all of this hype finally coming to a head in the Meadowlands when Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen throw down it is going to be so exciting to watch and honestly i don't think that we could have found a bigger stage for this on monday night football in front of the entire national audience it's going to be awesome this is shout a buffalo bills football podcast brought to you as always by tops friendly markets and right now you can gear up for game day now through october 28th every time you use your tops bonus plus card to purchase participating brands like pepsi campbell's smithfield and so many more you're automatically entered for a chance to win hot prizes to elevate your food game. You might also win a jersey every time Buffalo scores a touchdown. For complete details, visit topsmarkets.com backwards slash red zone. Ryan Talbot, let's welcome you into the show, my friend. How you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling great. Excited for some actual football with the Bills. And, you know, you said it. What, what a showcase game for week one. The Jets with all of their media hype this year uh, coming into it after acquiring Aaron Rodgers, the bills uh, kind of being written off a little bit. I, I think this is a big stage and a big moment, despite it only being week one. You know, we put a lot of content out on the, uh, the old podcast platforms this week, couple interviews with a few jets reporters to take you inside, you know, that side of thing. This, this is going to be a, a heavy emphasis on the bills side of things. We're going to talk a little bit about the jets as well, but I think the best place to start is just like what, what these teams are dealing with going into this matchup. And obviously, you know, a little bit of a scare early in the week for Bills fans when Micah Hyde, it was announced that he was dealing with a back injury, was a full participant on, on Friday in what was deemed a walkthrough. It seems like, you know, when he was asked about it, Ryan, Micah on Thursday, he kind of just shook his head when asked if this was going to keep him out of the game and kind of smiled a little bit. You know, he's been waiting for this moment for almost a calendar year. I don't think anything's going to keep him out of this game. 
No, I agree with that. And it seems like he's obviously trending in the right direction, being a full participant. Uh, Jordan Poyer didn't come out and guarantee that he would be playing either, that being Micah Hyde. But, you know, you could tell that he was very confident that he would have Hyde out there with him on the field in week one. And it certainly seems to be trending that way. For the Jets, uh, Makai Becton sent home uh, on Friday with an illness, which is an interesting development only because, you know, I had Zach Rosenblatt on the, on the show yesterday and he was talking about how bad things were at right tackle before Becton kind of settled in and found a home there. And so if he can't go, if this is something that, you know, there's already a question mark when he plays against potentially, you know, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, et cetera. If he's not able to go and, you know, they're banged up elsewhere uh, on their line as well, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, so Makai Becton, it's interesting. He he finally kind of finds a spot on this offensive line. They seem to be solidifying it over there, and then you're right. He leaves with an illness. Even if he plays on Monday night, he might not be at 100%, Matt, and you know how – uh, these players need to stay hydrated. They they need to. They're playing all these multiple snaps. It's going to be interesting to see if he how he fares against the Greg Rousseau's of the world in the, in this Bills defensive line. Because even if he goes out there at less than one hundred percent, I think that works to the Bills' favor. Obviously, if he doesn't play, that really works to Buffalo's advantage, as the the right tackle spot has been a bit of a disaster behind Becton. Let's get into when the Bills have the ball. And I, and I want to dive into what our expectations are there a little bit. I guess to start, like, what do you think the game plan is going to be, especially early on? Do you feel like they're going to stay committed to the run game? That's a question that we've gotten a lot on the text line this week is like, all right, James Cook, they brought in Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. How much do they deploy, deploy those weapons and consistently rely on that, even if it ends up being a low scoring, you know, have to punt a lot or whatever that looks like to kind of try to find some action there. Yeah, I think they are going to start out with uh, the run game. They're going to try to utilize it. They're going to try to pass out of it a little bit as well because you, that allows you to put a guy like Trent Sherfield on, on the field, someone who is an excellent blocker, uh, but has also had a really nice season, uh, summer, that is, in terms of being a pass catcher for this team as well. Uh, I think that you want to establish the run against a great defensive front that the Jets have, and if you can have success there, it's going to, only going to open up things for Josh Allen giving him James Cook in the running game, giving him James Cook as an outlet and short passing game. Uh, I think that the Bills want to come out with maybe some of those heavy looks kind of offset what the Jets' defensive line can do. I'm really interested in Ken Dorsey in this game. Uh, We got a chance to talk to him today, and I thought some really interesting perspective and a guy that coupled with some other things kind of leaning up this week, I think he's really positioned to be the guy that comes out of this weekend that a lot of people are talking about. And the way that I, how I, how I mean that is like, he's been kind of like this. There's been whispers about like, is Ken Dorsey on the hot seat? Uh, You know, if he does, he have to really have this unbelievable offensive productive season to kind of stay in his role and, you know, keep this kind of, you know, thing going with what the bills have built. And I think that if Stefan Diggs was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he said when he when over the course of the offseason, when he did check in and then when he came back, it was almost like Ken Dorsey was a mad scientist, like writing and scribbling down plays on, on, on note cards and in notepads. And when they got to training camp, it was like coming together, putting all of that work and that time on tasks that he had in the offseason and, and putting it out and you know for everybody to see and then kind of working at that over the next couple 
of months. I mean, about a month and a couple of weeks until the, the season starts. He was asked if how much more prepared he feels in year two. And I'm going to read this off. And then I want to hear what you, your impressions are of Dorsey heading in to Monday night. It definitely feels different. I think there's situations that you feel a lot more comfortable with because you've been in them. And when you look back in the past year, we had to deal with a lot of different situations that came up in courses of games, whether it's end of half scenarios, end of game scenarios, injury scenarios, whether it was mid game throughout the week. So there's a lot of scenarios that we had to hit last year that through really good preparation, I think throughout the course of the offseason and training camp, we felt good about when we had to step into those positions. And so I feel confident in our process and what we're doing and how we approach each and every week. And I think that confidence kind of allows you to be free in what you're doing and how you're game planning and how you're calling the game. And I don't know, man, like this feels like a, I'm writing about Josh Allen's confidence for a story that's coming out on Saturday and, and how Stefan Diggs has seen it and Gabe Davis has seen it. I mean, Sean McDermott has seen it. I feel more confidence emanating from Ken Dorsey. I, I think that's fair. And I think that he kind of went into the offseason last year with a lot to prove. They delivered a dud against Cincinnati in the playoffs. They had their struggles on offense against the Jets last year in both matchups, really weren't moving the ball that we had, they did against some other teams. And I think Dorsey went into this offseason saying, okay, I need to get better at these maybe three to four different scenarios or situations and what can I do? And some of it was personnel when you added Dalton Kincaid into the mix here, uh, upgrading your offensive line. But in terms of him as an actual coach, I think he said, how, you know, how can I create mismatches better? What can I do to make life easier for Josh Allen? Uh, and, and those are little things that we saw over the course of training camp where the bills came out and they created some mismatches, you know, pre-snap. And we, we saw different utilizations of this personnel that we haven't seen in the past. I think that he is kind of like that mad scientist, as you referred to him, Matt, going into week one of this season saying, I know this personnel, we've only gotten better at receiver, at tight end, at running back on the O-line. I know where our struggles were last year. Maybe I, I leaned a little bit too much on the, the intermediate and the long passing game. I need to mix it up a little bit better in that short areas, which they can definitely do with some of these new weapons. And I think they're going to come out and they're going to really try to catch the Jets defensive line, their front seven, the defense as a whole off guard, because it's going to look completely different in my opinion, in, in terms of what they tried to do last year versus what I think they can do this year. Mm -hmm. Going back to last season's game offensively, the two games, you know, we did a little uh, just exercise before we started and I want to dive into it a little bit and our thoughts on what the usage could look like. And if it was very similar in both games for the Bills in terms of their per personnel usage, both games, Gabriel Davis uh, over 90% of the snaps, Dawson Knox 85 and then 86% of the snaps. Um, Stefan Diggs right around 75, 78% of the snaps in both games. Uh, then it was, uh, Isaiah McKenzie hovering around 65% in both games. So more, uh, Quentin Morris with 21%, obviously that's probably going to go up quite a bit now with Dalton Kincaid in the mix. But if you take that 21% for Morris and that 66% for McKenzie, how do you feel like that gets divvied up knowing how much trust they have in Trent Sherfield? You know, the Deontay Hardy factor as well, and how much I think that they're not only maybe going to lean into 12 personnel, but maybe even some 13 personnel when they get Reggie Gilliam out there, you could get really creative with that. And 
obviously be in a really good advantageous blocking situation. You mentioned Trent Sherfield uh, as a blocker. You know, you could throw him out there. You could throw Davis out there with those three tight ends, I guess, uh, two and a half tight ends if you want to call Reggie Gilliam a, a fullback. You could pass out of that set as well. I'm really interested to see how Ken Dorsey divvies up the creativity when it comes to deploying the personnel. Yeah, and this is no knock on Isaiah McKenzie, but I think those snaps, the percentage of snaps are going to go to like Dalton Kincaid and Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. Those are going to be better utilized this year uh, where McKenzie really struggled last year with in the spotlight as a slot receiver, not being just that gadget guy. I think that Dalton Kincaid, while he is not known for his blocking, you can put him in there and create those mismatches in the in the short, quick passing game. Uh, utilize him a lot like they utilized Cole Beasley early on in his tenure with the Bills to have great success against uh, these really good defenses like the Jets have. And I think that's where Kincaid's going to come in. He's going to probably get the lion's share of those Isaiah McKenzie snaps from one year ago, in my opinion. But when the Bills want to come out and try to match up against that defensive front of the Jets, you're right. Trent Sherfield uh, is a great blocker. He was a tremendous pass catcher this summer. He's coming off of a career year in Miami. So I have high expectations for him. And then you can also kind of sprinkle in Deontay Hardy in that intermediate deep passing game when you want to utilize it. I like Buffalo's ability to mix and match personnel against what the Jets can do. Uh, but I really do think at the end of the day, you draft Dalton Kincaid for a reason. He's going to play a big, big role on Monday night, uh, trying to make sure that that Jets defensive line cannot get home very quickly against Josh Allen in this uh, Bills offense. Indeed. Um, let's switch gears here a little bit. Go to the Jets side of things and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you you put out a really good text a couple days ago in the uh, subtext on Aaron Rodgers' struggles uh, in the opener the last couple of years. You know, we could also talk about his preseason performance, which I thought was yeah. really up and down. And, and there was a there was a couple plays baked in there. And you got to figure he was the Jets were going against the backups for the Giants. So he had this Jets number one offense hasn't uh, faced an NFL starting defense yet um, outside of going against their own in practice, which is, let's be honest. I mean, that's some really good reps that they've gotten all summer. We watched a lot of it on hard knocks, but coming out here against a defense, like we are talking to Micah Hyde and it's so interesting because last year in the first game, no Micah Hyde, no Jordan Poyer, no Matt Milano. We talked about this on the other show, right? Micah Hyde's specialty playing with Jordan Poyer is their ability because of the familiarity with each other and the defense is to disguise pre-snap. So offenses are puzzled with what the Bills are going to do, what they're going to be in. There's that added extra wrinkle with now Sean McDermott as a what's expected to be a much more aggressive play calling approach. And I asked Micah about like, how much more do you feel like you've evolved in the ability to disguise coverages? And he's like, 100% that evolves not only year to year, but like week to week. It's something that you're always trying to kind of, you know, monkey around with that a little bit and figure out a way to, you know, come up with new ways where quarterbacks haven't seen what you're presenting anymore. So not only is Aaron Rodgers going to be dealing with, you know, the, their own calls, their own checks, everything that they're doing on their side of the ball. They're also facing a defense that has a lot of veterans, a lot of players that have played a long time together. Of course, there's that unknown of Terrell Bernard at middle linebacker, but having those safeties back there and how much quarterbacks have talked about how difficult it is to read what they're doing, that is to a huge plus for the Bills defense. 
It's a huge plus for the Bills defense. And, you know, maybe they're catching the Jets at the right time for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, Aaron Rodgers, the last two years, has really struggled in week one. As uh, you mentioned, we put it out there on the Shout Insider text line. He has not thrown for over 200 yards passing the last two years in week one. Uh, losses against Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. He has not thrown a touchdown in week one the past two years. He's had three interceptions over that span of time really struggled out of the gate and now you have him coming to the Jets and yes he knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense probably better than just about any other offensive coordinator that he's dealt with over the past decade but there's so many pieces in this Jets offense that are not familiar and have not played an actual meaningful game in this system and Nathaniel Hackett pretty much alluded to it today saying there's going to be this learning curve for this offense there's going to be hiccups on the field and they're going to have to lean on their defense to kind of uh, keep the offense in these close games so if Buffalo's defense can come out and and you know you'd mentioned having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer back there they had neither in that uh, week nine loss they didn't have Tredavious White or Matt Milano four key players that are all going to be out there on Monday night football it's going to be big, and I also think the defensive line, I know they're coming off of a playoff loss where they may they were not able to get any kind of push against Cincinnati's backup offensive linemen. Uh, I do think, though, that they're better positioned this year to be able to also create pressure on their own without having to become too reliant on blitzing. Uh, Greg Rousseau entering this year, I think there's a lot of internal hype about what he can do and what he can become. I like Leonard Floyd's game a lot. I think he is a great fill-in for Von Miller until Miller is back on the field. And then on the inside, we, we've talked all summer, Matt, about Ed, Ed Oliver and the summer that he's had. And we know what Daquan Jones can do uh, when he's healthy. So I, I really do like that front, the depth there. I think that they can do quite a bit up front and then also confuse Rodgers to a certain extent in the secondary where you, you kind of put it all together and maybe week one against the Jets is exactly when you want to get them. So much of the Jets' identity is tied to Rodgers, right? Like, we watched it in the show all summer. And, you know, Robert Sala saying that, you know, with Rodgers coming over, like, you almost defer to a Hall of Famer like that, right? Like, it felt like that at times in Tampa Bay when Tom Brady went there and Bruce Andrew Arians had to kind of just kind of sit on his hands and just let, you know, the GOAT, like, run the show at times because that's what bringing that player allows you to do. But what's the, the other side of that? What happens if the GOAT, if the you know future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers comes out and stinks up the joint? What does that mean for the Jets' defense? Like, if, if the Bills' offense starts like it did a year ago, they put up 14 points on them in the first half. Stephon Diggs was, was first to remind everybody at his media session that he had 99 yards in the first half against them a, couple, uh, a year ago. If the Bills' offense is, is rolling and the, and the Jets' offense is getting – doesn't get going is that does the Jets defense maybe get deflated a little bit because there's so much hype and expectations it's like the the first sign of you know doubt that creeps into everybody's mind how do they handle it yeah it, it, that's something to keep an eye on too and, and then you know if Aaron Rodgers and this offense just keep stalling out we've seen it time and time again whether it's the Bills or another team the more a defense is out there I don't care how great your talent is you're going to tire out if you're out there over and over again, all these three and outs take place. If it's a short field, I don't care how good your defense is, how good Sauce Gardner is, how good that defensive line is. You're going to put the Bills in a situation where they where they can put points up on the board. So uh, it's really important for Rodgers and the offense to come out clicking in week one. And there's so much uncertainty there. You have Brees Hall, who's been limited. 
Uh, you know, Delvin Cook is there now. He's he's probably going to get quite a bit of work, but he's relatively new to this system. He's relatively new to to the Jets in general. Tons is he even in questions. shape? Is he even in shape? Like that's one big question yeah. I have. Like he's he's barely played. I mean, he was a free agent until like what three, two, three weeks ago. Right. And, and, you know, you talk about an offensive line where there's a ton of question marks. You know that Garrett Wilson's a great player, but what do they have besides that other than a lot of, you know, Green Bay Packer rejects for the most part? And, and some of them are more talented. Some of them have chemistry with and with Rodgers, and maybe that will pay off. But I, I do question whether or not in week one they can go toe-to-toe with the Bills in, in a shootout if the Bills are able to kind of get off to that fast start. I think Randall Cobb has to pay some like 25% management fee to Aaron Rodgers on all of his future contracts and earnings. Cause man, has that guy gotten a couple deals late in his career based on uh, who, you know, but listen, it's all about who, you know, in this business, right. And you can know Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino a lot better. If you become a shout Buffalo bills insider text subscriber, uh, all you have to do is text 716-528-6727 two week free trial. If you're feeling really froggy, send me a DM. On Twitter, or maybe even an email, mperino at nyup.com, and I will give you a month free to try it out. The Shout Text Line is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234, or check out litrolaw.com. What'd you think of that transition, right? <laughs> that was great. That was a great dude. Transition. I was, I was workshopping that in my head as we were going and I, I really liked it. I felt, I feel I'm happy with how that came out. Yeah, that came out great. Uh, still, you know, going strong on that text line. I, I came on yesterday and you know, tons of messages back and forth. Uh, great stuff here as we get ready for week one from the bill shout insiders. So check it out. Bill's mafia. You won't be disappointed. What'd you think of my playoff predictions? I loved him, although I will say maybe one of the funniest things from the Shout Insiders is some of them thought your your son uh, th- thought your son did it. So I'm like, oh, he he did a great great job. I'm like, yes, he did. He being Matt Perino taking <laughs> his son's helmets and, and little 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 uh, inside um, the workings. I my son was at school, and I was kind of cleaning up the desk, and all the helmets were on the thing. So I just and hey, if you want to know what I'm talking about. Like you got to become an insider. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, we're going to keep it inside the family. All right, let's move on to, uh, where do you want to go next? Actually? I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you drive the car for a minute. Okay. All right. Let's take a look here at some of the things that, Oh, do we, do we want to go into the jets defensive front and maybe, you know, is this something or who are you most worried about going into this game? Yeah. And I, and I think we could do that like on both sides of the ball. So a, who are you most worried about on the Jets defensive line? And who are you most concerned about on the Bills offensive line? And I think like the easy answer is, of course, Quinn and Williams. He is going to be um, he's been a game wrecker for them in the past. But there's like, you know, there's a couple sneaky players on this Jets defensive line that I think could be potentially a big problem. Like Jermaine Johnson, to me, is one, you know, former first round pick, a guy that I mean, I, I think we remember talking about him around draft time as somebody, and then Will McDonald as well as two, two young guys in back-to-back drafts that, you know, the jets go out there and just the rich get richer. And all of a sudden now have what's arguably the best defensive line in the league. You got Bryce Huff, who um, statistically speaking is one of the uh, most, 
from an advanced metrics perspective, the best pass rushers in the league when it comes to, you know, get off, uh, pass rush, win rate, all those kinds of advanced analytics. So they got guys that can win everywhere. Um, where are you most concerned when it comes to the Bills holding up on the offensive line? I have an idea where you're going to go probably. Well, you know, I would say Quinn and Williams is who I'm most worried about. But of the other names you mentioned, let me let me say I think Bryce Huff is someone that the Bills are going to have to keep a, a close eye on. I think Will McDonald will probably be on a limited snap count. Uh, but when he's out there, it's going to be in those obvious pass rush situations, getting after the quarterback. Spencer Brown's always going to be my answer until he steps up and he shows what he can do. And the other reason I'm picking Spencer Brown here, not to give too much away, Matt, is our key players of the game. My key player is someone that I have a lot of faith in, and it has to do with holding up against this Jets defensive line. So, you know, Spencer Brown, I thought he had a nice summer. I thought there was one training camp practice where he and the offensive line as a whole were overwhelmed, but I thought he held up pretty well in that regard. I do like the fact that the Bills kind of brought in some insurance in uh, Jermaine Effetti, uh, but I want to see what Spencer Brown can do. This is a huge year for him. This is a huge year, not just for him, but for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, who went to bat for this guy time and time again this offseason, saying that he can do the job. So it's up to him to really prove them right and prove a lot of people in, in maybe the Bills Mafia and uh, even in the media, wrong that he can handle this job, that he can be a solid right tackle for this team. So, yeah, definitely an easy decision for me until he steps up consistently. He's probably almost going to always be my answer. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's not the biggest concern, but first off, I'm Brown. Let me just say, I think he's got to put on that Kansas City uh, Chiefs, Detroit Lions game tape. Watch that uh, Juwan Taylor, uh, where he's lining up and how he's timing the. Ca- <laughs> snap i mean dude was like off to the races before the ball ever reached patrick mahomes hands it, it's been very uh, obviously a hot topic of conversation over the last 12 hours uh 24 hours actually uh at the time that we're recording this but i think like the interesting part about that is like sure is it cheating i mean we could probably have that conversation but also it's like trying to give yourself like a little bit of an advantage and like listen if, if the referees aren't going to call it if you're spencer brown like I would argue that watching back Spencer Brown, he has to be more aware of the snap to be able to get himself into position quicker. Because I feel like if you get yourself back as quickly as Taylor does, you're more on ba- in balance and on balance. And uh, you, you, you find your footing a little bit quicker that you can navigate some of those change of direction pass rush moves that I feel like, sometimes get Spencer Brown reeling out of the play. And to me, this is a defensive line where you can't have that happen at all. Yeah, there are times that he gets overwhelmed quickly because if you're right, the, the back pedal not being in position, not having his feet set where they need to be. And if he's able to utilize something similar to that, get into that back pedal a little bit faster, that could be advantageous to the Bills. And after watching that Thursday night game, the, the kickoff game, the, the referees didn't call anything until the very end where it was beyond obvious that he had taken off way, well too early and it was one penalty. I don't see how you can go across and start penalizing other players, at least in week one, for doing it. They, maybe they come out after week one and say, hey, we're going to keep a closer eye on this. Uh, but, you know, you've set the precedent now. And it wasn't just the leaving a half second early and getting into his stance. It was how far back he was lined up. Uh, there were times it looked like he was just kind of wandering into the play because of how far away he was from everyone else. And 
he got away with it though. And the helmet wasn't where it was supposed to be. He wasn't lined up where it was supposed to be, but it worked to the Kansas city's advantage for most of the night. Uh, I'm not saying the bills are going to implement the same exact plan, but there's something to be said about the, you know, the game plan of trying to leave that split second or half second earlier uh, I feel like the Bills have done that in the past. We were talking about it pre-show. I'm pretty confident it was Daryl Williams that did it a few years ago mm. in a matchup against – I, I want to say it was the Pittsburgh Steelers, actually. I'm, I'm very confident in that, where a really good defensive front, and he was able to kind of keep uh, Watt at bay in that game because of the way he was able to, to get into his set a little bit faster. So something definitely to watch from Spencer Brown in this Bills O-line. You know, one one concerning area I have a little bit is Mitch Morse. And I know when fans hear this, they're going to probably be like, wait a second, Mitch Morse is one of the best offensive linemen on the Bills. Of course he is. It's not about that. It's who he's going up against. And you go back to that game in week nine and three uh, three pressures allowed. He gave up one sack, two hurries, uh, ended up with a 56.4 pass, uh, pass block grade from pro football focus. Take that uh, for what you will. But there's a couple of things at play here, Ryan, with Morse. Number one, he's going to be playing next to a rookie in Osiris Torrance. First NFL start going to be is in a combo dealing with Quinn and Williams at times. And some of the other really good players, I mean, Al Woods, uh, Franklin Myers, I believe, uh, is the other one that's he was really good against the Bills last year as well. Now, on the other side, yeah, it's great news that Connor McGovern, uh, that knee injury wasn't super serious, but it was something. He has not been on the injury report, so I, I, I you figure he's all right. But he's in a brand new scheme too, and this is—you're not getting a tougher challenge out of the gates than Connor McGovern's getting against this front. But this is what you paid him for. This is what you brought him in to do. Mitch Moore said something very interesting when he was at the podium this week. Uh, he said, "Obviously, there—it's an extraordinarily gifted Jets defense and defensive front. They play with a, a tenacity and they have unbelievable cohesiveness. But it's a track meet. That's what he said. And I feel like because of the way they rotate on their defensive line." And because of the depth they have on the interior, Mitch Morris is going to have to keep up in that track meet all afternoon. And if, and if he falls behind at any point, talk about some of those bad decisions, those turnovers from Josh Allen when things have gone bad. A lot of that comes from breakdown in the pocket when he's got to get out there and evade. I mean, the, the one interception that he had last year early was when he kind of was making a move out to the right and just inexplicably threw the ball right to the hands of the defensive back. He can't have that. And so I'm really watching – Mitch Morse, but this is a veteran player that has had time to prepare for this. And so you you hope he's in a good spot, but it's just such an elite line on the other side. Yeah, and I like the Morse pick because you already mentioned it. Two new offensive linemen around him at left guard and right guard, the whole gelling aspect of it. Uh, you would hope, though, especially with the left guard with uh, McGovern, that having a lot of live reps already in this league in general, it's not like having two rookies uh, around him, just one on the right-hand side. But Morse also very you know very talented athletically, not the biggest offensive lineman, though, and you're going against some pretty big boys there on the Jets' Uh, defensive line on the interior holding up in that regard is also going to be very important uh, to allow Josh Allen to stay in the pocket, to let the running game develop when you're trying to run between the tackles. So Mitch Morse is a great selection in terms of a player that, you know, you kind of have to kind of keep an eye on and hope that he holds up well against this defense in front of the Jets. Man, Quinn Williams was so special against the Bills last year. I'm, I'm looking at his numbers. Uh, Morse gave up two sacks between the two games, a sack in the first one, sack in the second one. Uh, Quinn and Williams in the second game, the one that was a 2012 game, three pressures, two sacks, one hurry. 
And in the uh, first matchup, Quinnen Williams uh, was also an absolute beast with a sack, three total pressures, and two quarterback hurries. So this is somebody that he just got paid. Like, there's always that conversation about, like, how a player responds to that. This is one guy that I don't think getting paid is going to take any of the sting off of what he brings on, on, on Monday night. No, I agree with that completely. He's a special player, special talent that the Jets were able to get in some of those lean years, uh, someone that they really hit on, and, and someone that is an absolute superstar, uh, you know, in the same conversation with some of the most elite of the elite at the position. So let's flip over to the Bills' defensive line for a second um, and just talk briefly about that because, to me, this is also a matchup that could win this game. Um, no Von Miller. They obviously they go out and they bring in Leonard Floyd. I'd expect him to get an uptick in terms of what they ask him to do. Or maybe they do like start like a Shaq Lawson or AJ Epinesa and bring Leonard Floyd on that second wave. We'll see how that materializes. But the one name that everybody's going to be zeroed in on, I could I could tell you we're going to talk about him in a second. I and mean, then we could transition to that at this point. And, and that's what we'll do, Ryan. Uh, I, Sometimes you got to just change it up on the fly. Let's do our players that we're watching. The player that we think could end up really impacting the outcome of this game. And I'm going to go with Greg Rousseau in that second game last year. No Von Miller, four total pressures for Greg Rousseau, two sacks in that game, two hurries. He was an absolute problem for that offensive line. And we mentioned the Mekhi Becton situation at the top of the show. To me, Greg Rousseau could be, that kind of player that minimizes what you are dealing with at the second level with Terrell Bernard making his first career start at middle linebacker and just apply that constant wave of pressure um, from the edge. I think this could be a huge matchup and one that the Bills can really lean into to impact this game. Yeah, Rousseau was almost my pick. I think that he is going to have a chance to be a difference maker for this Bills team in terms of the outcome of this game. Uh, tormenting, getting after Aaron Rodgers, making his life miserable, uh, putting some hits on a very old quarterback, you, you know, getting home against someone like that, especially when there's a lot of question marks about this Jets uh, offensive line. I think Russo could end up having a big game. I have high expectations for Russo, Russo this year. Uh, I said double-digit sack production for him this year if he can stay healthy. That is my expectation. And another reason I like him so much in this game is I think that you're going to see the Bills, you know, implement or use him maybe in some creative ways at times. Maybe you can kick him on the inside of the defensive line, uh, not just play him exclusively at defensive end. So I think that he can be a difference maker, create some different mismatches for this Bills team and make a big play at the end of the day. Um, off topic, and I want to get to your player to watch here in a second, but before we do, do you get the sense that Stefan Diggs is like ready to just like explode in this game? Like there's been so much deserved praise for sauce Gardner, but I almost feel like Stefan Diggs wants that smoke. Like we, we, I was talking to Zach Rosenblatt about the jets putting this target on their back and how much smoke I feel like Stefan Diggs wants smoke. I feel like he wants to go out there and make a huge statement with all of this off season drama behind them. You know, all of the stuff like, that's gotten them to this point. I think he wants to remind people who he is. And I don't know if there's a better matchup to provide that kind of, you know, announcement than what he has this opportunity on, on, on Monday night. And I've just gotten the sense from him this week. He's so he's kind of just quiet, right? Like he hasn't said a lot since that first training camp press conference, he deleted his Instagram accounts 
He's got two. One's more of a fashion related account, but both <laughs> of them are um, turned off or whatever it is. He said he wants to fly under the radar, just like the bills are uh, in a lot of national conversations. And I just feel like this is an opportunity for him to go out knowing what we know about the off season, how he made such a big stink about, and I don't even want to say stink, but the whole way that this thing marinated over the course of the offseason. It came down to having a collective vision for what this offense is supposed to be. This is Allen, Dorsey, and Diggs's opportunity to show the league that you're in trouble because this is what we're going to do and you're not going to be able to stop it. Yeah, and, and you know, I go back to the, the first match where he hits the double move on Sauce Gardner and gets a big gain uh, out of the gate in, last year, and I could see him trying to get that big play early on again to silence that crowd at MetLife Stadium. And I want to see also, though, while I think he's always up for the, the challenge of being lined up head-to-head against Sauce Gardner, are the Jets going to have Gardner follow Digs if they move digs around pre-snap if they put him in different spots you know what are they going to do how are they going to counter it i think that he just wants to put on a show against the jets in general whether it's sauce gardner whether you know whoever they put against him one-on-one and uh, i think that after having those meetings that he did with with brandon bean sean mcdermott ken dorsey whomever was in that room uh, i think that they know that they need to make sure they're feeding him the ball letting him be that elite receiver that he is that difference maker and having him come out week one and make a big statement. I could absolutely see that happening, Matt. You know, I mentioned Greg Rousseau as my player to watch. Let me just throw in a little bit of an additional plus one. I think Ed Oliver, this is a huge game for him. Who gets all the headlines, Ryan, when it comes to defensive tackles this, this off season, Quinn Williams Williams. signs this monster deal. Chris Jones is chasing one. They're going to be on Monday night football Ed Oliver at this point is an afterthought. He's pretty close on the other end of a Jones contract or if maybe a Wilkins contract gets done, he's going to be bumped out of the top 10. What better way to announce you, you earn that contract. Like he said, he said, he's going to outplay his contract, right? That's what he said a couple weeks ago. Then to go out there and outplay Quinn and Williams on Monday night football, I'm adding him to the mix, your thoughts on that. And then give us your player to watch. Yeah, you know, getting after Aaron Rodgers' interior pressure would be great, but obviously even blowing up some run plays. We've seen Ed Oliver do that before, get into the backfield. Uh, if he can get after Delvin Cook and Brees Hall and and put the Jets in uh, a second-in-12 scenario or a third-in-long scenario, that's almost just as good as a sack at the end of the day. So I think that Ed Oliver makes a lot of sense coming off of the summer that he had, where after signing that extension, like you said, I want to outplay this. And he definitely outplayed it on the practice field at training camp uh, during the preseason when when given those reps. So I want to see how he looks. But for me, Osiris Torrance is the Mm -hmm. player to watch on the other line for the Bills. And we've already mentioned Quinn and Williams' name. You know, it feels like 50 times just in this podcast alone because of how special he is. If Osiris Torrance comes into this game and holds his own, uh, against a Quinn and Williams, you can't make a bigger statement than that as a, a rookie second round guard in this league and say, I'm going to help change the, the fortune of this offensive line. I'm going to make it so they can run on teams like this. I'm going to make sure that my quarterback can stay upright and clean within the pocket. And do I expect him to stop Quinn and Williams all game long? No, you're going against one of the, I would say, top two defensive tackles uh, in this league at this point in time. I have him ahead of Aaron Donald at this point in his career. Uh, so I, I think it's a special player, but I think that Torrance is going to be up to task in terms of holding his own, giving Josh Allen the time to make some plays, 
whether it's those intermediate quick hitters or short quick hitters to a, a Kincaid, uh, getting the ball to Gabe Davis, whatever it may be. I think he stands up and has himself a great debut and helps the Bills out in this week one matchup. Yeah, I really, I really like that pick. And I think all eyes are going to be on him. I think it's like if you're if you're giving asking me the question like which young player has the most pressure in this game, or maybe we go back to the early week conversation of like new starter, which one has the most pressure between Benford, Bernard, and Torrance? It's like sure, Torrance plays on an offensive line with four other guys. So I mean, maybe that you know, puts him just under Bernard because of how much is going to be on Bernard's plate to run that defense. But because it's on offense and because Josh Allen might have to just beat Aaron Rodgers in this game, yeah. it's so important that Torrance comes in and has himself just a really good game overall. And I like the pick. I, I think, you know, another guy that sneaky I'm watching in this game is Deion Dawkins. Can Deion Dawkins bounce back to the level of consistency that he had late in 2021 and really just make an impact against some of those really good edge rushers we were talking about. Huff, uh, Will McDonald looked really good coming off of the right defensive end spot in the preseason. So uh, on passing plays, the offensive line is going to be something that we're going to watch very intently. But I think we're there, Ryan. I think we're that portion of the program. And before we get into our final picks, we got to make sure that you are all aware that on September 16th, the night before the Bills open their home schedule against the Las Vegas Raiders, are you going to be in town? Do you live in Western New York and you can make the trip out? Come to Wingnuts in North Buffalo. That's right. We were going to be in Amherst, but that got the, the opening got delayed a little bit. So we're going back to Froth, Wingnuts, North Buffalo, 700 Military Road, the night before the home opener. Bills, beers, wings, and Ryan Talbot. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, cannot wait. Looking forward to seeing the Bills Mafia out in full force uh, on the eve of the Bills home opener. Excited to be back at Froth Brewery. Excellent beers. Outstanding wings, obviously, from Wingnuts. Join us, Bills Mafia. We're going to have a great time. All right, let's get into our picks here. And I'm going to start us off. Um, I've been on the Bills here in this game most of the summer since the Aaron Rodgers deal uh, materialized. And, you know, there was that period where it was kind of expected to happen for weeks. And then it finally did. So you kind of got to thinking and the wheels started spinning of what this looks like. I think that there's so much pressure on the jets in this game because of the national spotlight, Monday night football, the September 11th backdrop, um, people picking him to go to the super bowl, you know, all of it. And I just don't know that a very young head coach in Robert Sala, a brand new offense, uh, you know, dealing with, getting used to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers getting used to the personnel as good as that defense is. That defense has to deal with an offense that's pretty pissed off. That ended the last season again at home against the Cincinnati Bengals in just absolute with an absolute dud. And I think that they've been in the lab. That's what uh Stefan Diggs said about Ken Dorsey. Uh been in the lab this whole offseason figuring out ways to counter punch. When when the when the first the best punch that you have in your repertoire isn't working. What else are you going to throw? How are you going to counter when another team figures out what you're doing? I think the Bills find enough counter punches in this game. I think Josh Allen and his offense finds a lot of success. Bills win 27 to 20 in the Meadowlands. 
we are like in the same boat as usual, Matt. So first, I guess I'll give my score prediction first. I have it written down on my phone, 27-17 bills. So, I mean, three points. We both agree at 27 for Buffalo. Buffalo is the healthier team coming into this game. Buffalo is the team that obviously has more of that continuity in terms of on both sides of the ball. Yes, there are some new pieces, some pretty big new pieces from Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance, Terrell Bernard, you name it. There's quite a few in terms of guys that are going to play significant reps, but I feel like the Bills are in a better spot there. A lot of, you know, there's not as many question marks in terms of how is this offense going to look with, you know, Ken Dorsey. The Bills were second in scoring, second in yards last year. And I think they're only going to get better this year in terms of the areas that were weaknesses, the short passing game, the quick hitters. Now that you have Kincaid and Sherfield and Hardy, uh, James Cook, who can obviously be a weapon for you in the passing game. And, and compared to Nathaniel Hackett, yes, Aaron Rodgers knows Nathaniel Hackett in this system. But how well does the rest of this roster know it? How well is, is you know Delvin Cook going to know this offensive playbook? What kind of shape is he going to be in? What is Brees Hall's workload going to look like? There's still so many question marks about this Jets team. There's all this media hype and love and praise. I'm not there with them yet. They could make a big statement on Monday night. But I, like I said, Bills 27, Jets 17. Speaking of big statements, Ryan, if you are hosting a party, to watch Monday Night Football, there's no bigger statement than you can make than by going to Tops Friendly Markets and letting Tops do the cooking to make you the real MVP. Perfect for game day or any day. Visit Tops Carryout Cafe, the hot to go fresh large cheese and pepperoni pizza, fifteen bucks. Jumbo chicken wings, ten count, fourteen dollars. The legendary any time of day Tops breakfast pizza. Get yourself a large for twenty bucks. Pizza or taco log, six count, $8.49. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound, plus subs, sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com backwards slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. Signed, sealed, delivered. The first preview show of the year, Ryan. We are almost to the 2023 season. Cannot wait, Matt. And you're going to make some Bills fans pretty happy. I've had DMs and messages on Shout Insider about, hey, where are the ads for the Tops Breakfast Pizza? Sign sealed delivered there as well. A lot of happy viewers coming up here. Get Just do yourself a favor. I don't care if it's for game day or any day. Get yourself a Tops Breakfast Pizza as soon as you hear this. Maybe you, you, know, maybe you just heard this episode and it, it, you, could put, you could buy one. You can put it in the fridge. You can bring it out of the fridge. Maybe at around one in the morning on Tuesday when Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino are podcasting after the Bills play the Jets. Perfect time to dive in. He's right on Matt. We will see you on Tuesday morning. Take care, everybody. Follow all of our coverage, too, all day long. Join and become a Shout Insider.